Welcome back to another episode of Fortitude Radio. As you guys know, we have our resilience workshop being put on by three of the dopest people I've had the opportunity to meet in the last uh, last couple of years. Mr. Aaron Gennetti, Mr. Mark England, and the man today, Mr. Brandon Powell. Brandon, how you doing today, brother? Doing well, Cody. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thank you for uh, for carving out the time. You're a busy man. You're hitting the workshop circuit right now, so you're you're teaching everybody the good word of the Wim Hof method, yeah? Right, right. That's that is a big part of what I do is spread the spread the word of Wim. I love it. Um, that's a great lead into uh, our kind of first topic. I think one of the values of having you on this podcast before we have the workshop is to give people a good idea of the who, who you are, what you do, that. Well, um, so, I mean, I am a primarily a self-defense coach. That's what I do. I teach self-defense and many formats in order to, you know, create self-optimization in people, you know, um, you know, and that means a lot, but we can unpack that, but ultimately it's self-defense for self-empowerment, you know, and, so the tools that I have accumulated over the years, um, I feel are very effective ones, ones that you can have a deep, direct experience with that will really give you um, a sense of, you know, learning a deep skill, something you can carry with you and and then ultimately, you know, have or give its results. You know, so that's that's what I would say. You know, that's the primary uh, practicing that I do and what I teach. Um, and and then there's like there's this common thread that runs through it all. Like I was saying, it's self defense, but it's really um, it's it's optimization because all the the things that I train, um, though they have. Um, um, you know, different effects for different people. I really do believe that if you immerse yourself in these practices, that what you get is, um, you know, a, a deep relationship, like symbiotic relationship where the arts um, really enhance your life. You know, they really bring a deeper sense. And so, you know, that's what I'm up to, man. I'm always um, looking for, you know, anything that I think that can fit into this modality, but, um, it's really more of a whittling down. Like I, I, I find what I think really works and, you know, and we put it to the fire and, um, uh, you know, similar to the Wim Hof method, it's the, everything that I do is, is tested and proven. And, and so that's what, you know, that's what, um, that's what I'm up to, man. That's awesome. Um, going back to your, uh, your self-defense and personal defense, um, Prag, you have a dojo in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. That's accurate. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. We're what? Um, what kind of uh, do you guys have specific classes? What uh, What do you teach there? Yeah. So, so my dojo is primarily a Brazilian jiu-jitsu dojo. Um, I spent the last twenty one two years training in the art of jujitsu um i am a second degree black belt um under an international brazilian jiu-jitsu team called um revolution bjj team and the 
uh, we're a Carlson Gracie, um, you know, affiliate in that sense where our, our lineage goes back there uh, to, you know, the old as original essence of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And um, so we have a, a dojo that runs jiu-jitsu programs. Um, we do kickboxing and we do strength and conditioning. And I run workshops out of there as well uh, from time to time. Most of my workshops are done in transit. I'm moving around, traveling, going to different gyms uh, or different facilities. Um, and I work in the corporate world as well. And so I take uh, my stuff to office buildings. I mean, we, we get it in everywhere, man. You'd be amazed. And um, where I can build an ice bath is what I'm trying to say. But we we, we do um, uh, in my dojo specifically those, those programs. I just integrate all my stuff together in there. But primarily it's jujitsu. And the reason is, is because uh, I really believe that jujitsu offers you a type of training that you can engage in you know, daily for the most part. And, um, and, you know, get great benefits from it's you're building skill, um, you know, so you're taking something really with you, a real skill set that, you know, is a, is, I would say science based, you know, meaning that the, the, what we're doing is very technically oriented. And then you have, um, so really it's approachable by anybody. That's kind of what I'm saying. You know, it's it, because if you, it's, it's, it's the essence of a true martial art is that the smaller, weaker person can overcome the bigger, stronger person with solid technique. So we're teaching the true, I believe, essence of the art. Um, and it's something that you can practice all the time. And the training is very addictive. You know, I mean, you get in and you start doing, um, you know, start having rolling sessions all the time. And that's our sparring. So when we're sparring, um, you know, that's what a lot of people get really deeply, intimately connected to. Um, and, you know, it, it, jujitsu is not something you can do alone. So you have to build uh, community and camaraderie and all of these different aspects that that I think really just keep pulling people back. And it's why it has such the momentum that it does as a martial art. You know, so many people train in this particular art. Um, and so I you know, we're, we're doing, we're doing a lot of jujitsu. We do, we do uh, a good bit of boxing. I have a background in boxing and then we do, um, uh, you know, these internal systems, these things that I, what I'm, what I'm interested in is definitely the physical aspect of self-defense. Like just on a primary level, I want to teach people how to really defend themselves physically. But then there is an internal aspect um, that connects to, and, and what I teach is breathing and movement. So what I'm interested in is helping people optimize themselves um, by keeping themselves safe, effectively um, defending themselves from themselves. You know, don't put yourself in a situation to where, you know, um, you know, I mean, let's say as, you know, maybe we try to teach people better nutrition. Um, that's something that I don't dig in too much to, but I do a, a little bit. And when you're teaching somebody, you know, you have the option to eat good or eat bad. People can choose to do one or the other. And if we can just lay the groundwork for why people should eat good, that's um, that's that's I think a good lesson in movement. You know, uh, a lot of people are unaware that um, the way that they move can be detrimental. 
And breathing is the exact same thing. People don't realize that you can have or hold poor breathing patterns that will negatively affect you throughout everything that you do. So we're interested in helping people recode themselves because I do believe nature provides and you, you know, we have, a, um, we, you know, nature gives us life in the sense that, you know, we're breathing without um, the need to think about it, right? So we're, we're going to exist in that way. But, you know, we have the ability to optimize, we have the ability to, um, to at the very least, just get the best out of, of, you know, what our capabilities are. And, um, and so that's, that's what I'm interested in helping people with is, you know, both the uh, internal and external side of what I consider to be self defense. At my dojo specifically. I uh, I love that you use the word optimization and you used it frequently. This is this is an area that I'm, you know, I don't imagine a lot of uh, practitioners in performance and fitness are spending time, effort, energy on. I think of it like with breathing specifically. I think of it like running. You know, one day we all just kind of started running. No one really ever told us how. No one ever coached us up on how to do it well. Right? We all just kind of run. Some people, yeah, like if they sought out a coach or if they had track, whatever. Right? But most people just do the thing and haven't been taught how to optimize, like you said, and how to do it really, really well, how to use their breath for them. Yeah, I mean... You know, this is a kind of a deep, this is kind of a deep uh, aspect of, of everything. So, you know, I believe that pretty much everything comes out of the primary desire to survive. You know, I mean, this is this is where the reason we had to run was either we were running from something or we were running to something. You know what I mean? And so the push um you know, the drive to to move in forward locomotion is that's our primary drive. You know, we're 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 designed to move forward. And and I think this means a lot, not just physically, but mentally as well. Right. You know, we're designed to move forward and nature gives us a, 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 a channel to flow in. You know, we're, we're here, we're, we're, we're living our lives while we're here. And, you know, um, it, nothing is guaranteed except, you know, in, in order to stay alive, you need that next breath, you know, and then you've got to, then you got to fuel your body. You know, I mean, if you look back at the ancient hunters, uh, the persistence hunters that used to, um, you know, basically as, as a human, it's interesting you brought up running, we are able to run longer distances than any other animal, right? You know, we had that potential to run hundreds of miles, um, you know, in, in a given couple of hours, really, you know what I mean? Like we could in, in, in 36, 48 hours cover a lot of terrain if we were, you know, so inclined and conditioned and the, um, the, you know, other animals can't do that. So we would run them down, right? We would run animals down through persistence. And, you know, one of the big things is we, as, as a, you know, uh, let's say primitive man, couldn't get injured getting injured meant death you know what i mean and you would witness that you would see that you know and it could so we couldn't we couldn't 
live in a world where we have ACL shreds and, um, you know, things where our, you know, our Achilles are going to blow out, our calves are going to blow out. You, you can't have these types of injuries. We couldn't have hip surgery, you know, back then. I mean, there was just the need to uh, have a strong body, which I believe is provided by nature. And I also believe that with the right, living in the right environment under the right people, you would, your optimization would be passed down through heritage, through an, an, an inherent or an, you know, an innate, basically, teaching um, of just your genetics, learning from other genetics, you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're witnessing your family move well, so you know how to move well in the bush, right? And I mean, this is how we live forever. That's why I bring it up. And I think it's very important that we consider it. But the you know, what, what's really happened is people have gotten too comfortable in their life. And, and these comforts, these types of, um, this, this moving away from, from living in a harder nature and trying to basically act like it's not there through creating false environments, through, um, uh, just relinquishing the, um, the need for, um, to engage in, 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 let's say running. How many people really run these days? So that that whole thing with, um, you know, uh, lifestyle dictating, you know, cork, like let's say sitting at a desk, you know, this idea like, um, you know, these all of these things occurring, um, you know, have, have led us into what I would say is a compensatory way of existing where we're no longer we no longer have to tap into the primitive needs unless we so choose. Right. And, and that's not always the case, but in, in first world country, like we live in, it absolutely is the choice. And this is why we see uh, the human form changing, you know, I mean, and people's, you know, basically a lot of people's non-engagement in the physical world. Right. So this this is like the conundrum to me. It's like, okay, is there a truth behind, um, you know, our, like, let's say, is there a way to prove, is there a truth that says there is sort of an, an overall optimization for all humans? So in other words, if we lived closer to nature in the way that our ancestry did, would these traits come back to us, mm. you know, and, and, you know, the, the needs, uh, you know, because from our crawl to our walk, to our jump, to our throw, everything that is necessary for survival and in, in nature, um, I believe is deeply rooted and connected to these movement forms. And the breathing is so important because the breathing optimizes, and again, using that word, but what I mean is to say the breathing enhances everything that you're doing, um, uh, you know, physically. So, you know, for instance, you ever seen a guy, maybe he's in great shape, he's running, and he gets a bad stitch in his side, right? Well, a stitch is an indication of poor breathing patterns. So a lot of people confuse that with muscle cramps. It is not a muscle cramp. I mean, it's a cramp of sorts, but the problem it lies within poor breathing 
and a disconnection from from breathing well and potentially um you know over breathing or breathing through your mouth or doing different things i mean these things have to be assessed but but ultimately um it's it's from poor breathing so our breathing optimizes our physical nature. So when you see the unification of all those things come together, let's say in like an Olympic sprinter, let's say like in a Usain Bolt or or a decathlete, somebody who 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 is using forward locomotion in everything they do, they're running, they're jumping, their breathing is absolutely on point with with everything else. You know what I mean? So that to me is what I'm looking for is sort of how do we, you know, line it all up. And is there a not not a complete one size fits all, but is there a, you know, sort of a form that everybody can kind of adapt to? Like we know X, Y and Z will get you strong. And if pretty much everybody does this, this will get you strong. Well, you know, I'm looking at the overall, um, you know, physical performance field like I'm interested in all of it, you know, that makes sense. And and I do believe that we all have the potential in the sense, you know, if you have two arms, two legs and you can do your thing. I mean, I feel like we all have the potential to uh, to be connected to this somehow. But I do think that, you know, without being too abstract, um, I, I really believe that nature provides and we've gotten away from it. And that's the simple that's the simple nutshell sort of uh, 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 meme, if you will. You know, we 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 had it maybe and we lost it, you know, or and, and maybe some people still have. It. But but I do think that, you know, if, if you looked at my training as a whole, it's to get back to that. Yeah, Um <clears throat> there's there's an interesting through line coming up for this workshop and you 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 more than touched on it you hit it the nail right on the head right it's resilience that's the title of the workshop you know resilience training it's how do we become better able to adapt to and overcome the stresses that may present themselves out in life right I, you're you're spot on that's I mean, you're, you're speaking my language. The name of uh, our first gym is Fortitude Strength, right? So fortitude, the ability to overcome adversity with grace and courage. It's seeing this thing, right? I mean, like, this looks difficult. This looks scary. It looks challenging. And approaching it anyway, even though you have those vo- internal voices, they're like, ah, I don't know, man, you might fail. It might be too difficult. We approach it, we attack it, we make our best attempt, right? That's the courage piece. Um, With this workshop, the other through line is going to be the breathing, right? All three of you heavily incorporate the breath work piece and you more than uh, you more than anybody else, right? I think that you really help us lay the foundation to breathe well in the other guys' sections. Uh, You practice primarily and teach the Wim Hof method. Is that accurate? Absolutely. I mean, it's not my, it wasn't my first breathing system, but it was because I had done others that I recognized the value in it. Got it. Um, What is 10,000 foot view? What is the Wim Hof method? Well, the Wim Hof method and and I mean this as an as an overall whole, as as opposed to just speaking about one component. There's three components. So you have breath work, and and sometimes people get 
you know, either just see it as the breath work or they see it as the other one, which is the cold, you know, so we have breath work, we have cold training, and then we have mindset training. And that's the three components of the Wim Hof method. So if you ask me, what is the Wim Hof method? Breathing, gradual exposure to cold, mindset training. And, you know, then you have each piece is its own closed loop. You know, and then you're chaining them together in order to um, create a more robust, complete uh, construct. Interestingly enough, they all absolutely work together and and in really unique ways, like more than just the surface of like, you know, if you get in cold water, you need to control your breathing. There are um, there's some really interesting things that are going on in the Wim Hof method. Wim had the presence of mind to you know, sense it, to know it through feeling, through, uh, you know, I mean, he's really, he says all the time, feeling is understanding. And and, and, he, and as far as his method is concerned, I absolutely believe that. Sometimes I, I don't believe your feelings are understanding. <laughs> Sometimes I think people shouldn't base their lives around their feelings. But, but I do think that in the case of the Wim Hof method, it's a, it's an idea that you're communing with uh, uh, with forces, like with uh, a power, let's say the cold. And so you need to kind of shut up externally and go internal to really get the sense of that. And there's no language there. I mean, there is a language of mindset, but there's no language to really explain the way that you unify with that force so it's it's just a very powerful sense and you feel great after you do it so Wim knew that and he was like yeah I'll put this to science let's see what it's all about and that's exactly actually how it became a method the reason it became a method was that he um you know he did all these things on his own and he said well you know we're we're gonna test it against the fire and that was going into the lab and doing specific things which we can get into if you want to but the the idea is that by testing it proving his um you know his hypothesis in the lab well doing that and then teaching other people to be able to reproduce his results in an extremely short amount of time like four days wow. so he was given they were at, they were like how long would you need to teach somebody to do what you do a year? And he was like, no, and they were like a month. He was like, give me uh, you know, give me 10 days and 10 days turned into four days of training with him and four days of training on their own. And then they went into the lab and reproduced something really profound. So it was, you know, it was, um, it just shows the power of our minds and our bodies and what we're capable of in the moment, you know, to be right in the moment connected to something. And this is how it became a method. And then I was lucky in that I met Wim at a, at a time where um, he was just getting going. I became a one of his first international instructors. Um, I'm involved with um, the very first group of people that became instructors under Wim. And <clears throat> excuse me, the, um, the practice is powerful, man. I do it every day. I do breath work every single day and we can get into all of that. But I, I just, you know, um, I see it as uh, a, a great, great tool for, again, self-defense. You know, you're you are basically teaching yourself how to deal with internal invaders like pathogen, for instance. 
the um, let's get into it. The thing that uh, share with uh, with everybody who's like, all right, yeah, that's cool. He taught other people how to do this thing and they had a good result. What were the results that he had achieved? And then over eight days, uh, he was able to reproduce. So basically, um, Wim's whole thing is, is that, you know, there's more inside you than maybe you think. So within this test, what he did was he, he, he went into a laboratory um, and they injected him as a part of an ongoing experiment where they had tested like a thousand plus people in the same way prior to him. And they had pretty much all had the same results. What they did was they gave these folks, and women included, a injection of what's known as an endotoxin. Endotoxin, in his case, was this inert bacteria. So it was like a your body would respond to it like it was an in, internal invader, like like food poisoning. OK, so you're going to get these effects. You know, basically food poisoning is the same for most people. You know, you have uh, maybe some uh, nausea and fever and so forth as your body is, you know, creating what's been known lately and, and talked about a lot as the cytokine storm you know this this massive uh um massive release of inflammation within the system so you think of it like the the body wants to or the body quite often will overreact over over give to destroy something right so if you you know it's like dropping a nuclear bomb on an anthill that that idea of you know um and quite often that can lead to autoimmune dysfunction and things where the body goes off the rails, right? And it, and it's no longer performing properly. So if you have all, if you have overinflammation, well, so that was what everyone should experience is this this kind of rush of inflammation and you know these marker effects. Wim went in and obviously they're testing his blood. He basically, you know, he. He got tested in every way that these other folks did. They had him on a table, hooked up to, uh, I believe, brain scans. And, you know, he definitely had, you know, had him, uh, you know, well supervised and where they were really looking deeply at all his physiology. And he um, I think he did 20 minutes, just 20 minutes of priming himself with breath work. And then they gave him the in, uh, injection. And what it led to was seeing him basically perform um, in a way where his body only had about a 20% reaction, a 20% reaction with um, the, uh, you know, compared to, to the other group. So, so his body barely produced any inflammation. It produced, if, if any, just the right amount. So you could say it, he's conditioned himself, toned his body in a way to where his body performs not outside of the realm of of um, what is needed. So he's you know, his body just did what was needed, I guess, in a sense. And more or less, he had no responses, no fever, no nausea, no nothing that came along with it. And what he ended up feeling, uh, he said, was a mild, slight, mild headache. But, you know, nothing to worry about. And uh, and he went about his day. 
So what he did to prove that it was a science or a real method was because, you know, you could say, well, this guy's unique or something like that was he took 12 guys who were untrained and basically trained them in the cold with the breathing and um, had them go, uh, you know, basically through a blizzard up a, uh, a large mountain in Poland, uh, Mount Shinezka. They went to the, uh, you know, to the top. There's a video of them all dancing at the top, um, you know, up there. And they did this in very little clothing. So they, they did this hike in just shorts and boots, you know, maybe a beanie. And uh, but open shirt. No, no, uh, nothing covering the chest. And you know, again, like I was saying, in shorts. And so the idea is the exposure to the cold and the power that it gives and the and the conditioning that it gives to the internal senses um you know this created their resiliency to be able to go in and take on the challenge but it was actually mitigating the responses with the breath practice so the breath practice is this you know you could say wim controls the placebo effect in a way, like he really understands, you know, um, but really what that means is, is that he has learned how to utilize his mind in a way where he can essentially create or he can affect the internal conversation that's going on between, you know, let's say the organs, the internal body and the brain, the interoceptive conversation. He's influencing that and he's influencing it by intention you know the correct intention uh utilizing his breath to create an overall physiology that uh, we can all do so it's a physiology that was you know that's the most important part it's like okay so you do the breathing you do 30 breaths and we build up we do a 30 breath round to a breath hold breath hold is very important then the breath hold after we hold it as long as we can. We we do a recovery breath, and that signals the end of the round, and we start over again. 30 breaths, breath hold, recovery breath. Very simple. Wim Hof method. Anybody can do it. Um, when you're doing this breath at the particular cadence, you're trying to create, even though it's in a completely controlled and, let's say, calm way, you're trying to create uh, the stress responses within your body. So you want your body stress responses to kick on. And we're not trying to get them to kick on like right away. We don't want a massive adrenaline dump. What we're trying to do is build this up over the course of say 20 minutes, 20 to 25 minutes is optimal breathing time. And I really equate this breathing practice as like a cleansing practice. It's a great primer to say meditation or other things, because if you, you, you know this because you've done it, it's very engaging. So when you do it, you have to you have to really take it on. You know, it's not a question of am I doing something? You know, you're doing something. So when you get um, to the end of the practice, because you've blown off the CO2 as much as you have and you've gone into the breath hold and essentially the breath hold does all kinds of stuff. But we're training within hypoxic states and we're affecting our vagus um, nerve and that that has a great profound effect overall in the whole body but the vagus nerve um you know basically training that and and ultimately like i was saying blowing off the co2 we have this effect on the overall chemistry of the body our ph rises 
and it rises in a profound way. Um, we've seen it go up in numbers, and, and this might not seem like much of anything if I say we went from the normal state of 7.3 to 8, but that is extremely profound. So we raised our pH um, and showed that we can get it up to 8 or you know in that area for a brief period. It spikes, and then it comes back down. But this has a, a, a definitely has an overall effect on the body and inflammation. And so what we're doing is we're creating – we're, we're accessing uh, the uh, our adrenaline through the adrenal axis, and we are um, uh, suppressing um, the immune responses in the sense of, of the overreaction aspect of the immune responses. We're suppressing them to a degree. And this, you know, what it does is it, it allows us um, to be calm. It allows us to feel a lot of pain relief because pain relief is directly connected to all of this. And that pain relief um, also brings about senses of joy because we're tapping endocannabinoids, we're tapping uh, opioids. So we're, we're literally, you know, we're, we're opening up the internal pharmacy, you know, jamming the serotonin and the oxytocin and the, you know, the dopamine. And so you're having this whole overall euphoria because of the, the practice. And it, so it's a pain suppressant. And what this does is it can, you know, in Wim's mission, and I don't want to overstate this, but it can really help with depression, with mental states that are subpar, mental states that are not serving you. Um, it really helps you to get out of your prefrontal cortex. It puts you into more of the primitive mind, which connects you deeper into your body and makes you feel more unified with your environment. In other words, you, you're not questioning so much, but you're really in the moment and you're sensing more of what's around you. And I think this is profound and it's hard to explain until you do it for a little while. Um, and then you put it with other stresses, i.e. the cold, and you can learn to use your breath in a way to where you are in a deep stress situation and experiencing the same state. So it's, it allows you, um, to, to, to go deeper into things that, um, you know, that are where resiliency is necessary. Yeah, for the people listening, imagine <clears throat> that you have a habitually stressful situation, right? Something that happens in your daily life that constantly makes you physically and psychologically stressed out. Now imagine that you engage in a practice like this and you build that resilience and the capability. Uh, and then imagine that when that stressful situation happens, rather than starting to get stressed out and getting really short and choppy with your breath, it actually puts you into that parasympathetic state where you start to relax. And now this thing that used to be hyper stressful that was trashing your system physically and psychologically becomes a trigger for you to relax and for you to balance yourself out. That was something that Aaron put uh, when I recorded the podcast with him about how cold water now triggers lower heart rate and slow breathing. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you it's, it's again, stepping into stress 
for a little hormetic response, you know, in order to have on the other side of it, this great reward system. Mm. So, you know, we can move forward, we can move back, or we can stay actually in the center, which is the freeze mode where we're, you know, where stress is building because you've got to make a call, but you know, moving back, you live to fight another day, but there's no benefit really. You know what I mean? Like there's really no benefit. Whereas we know that just by attempting things, there's a great reward system, but to actually accomplishing the things you're attempting for, it's a, it's a tremendous reward system. So, um, you know, what, what, uh, what the cold does is exactly what you said. You engage your sympathetic nervous system and by engaging the sympathetic, you're getting these, um, you know, these, these stress responses, but the stress responses are not going, um, you don't want to go overboard. That Wim's, one of his mantras is no force. So cultivate this practice, cultivate it, you know, and, and you can cultivate it quickly. It's not something that takes, you know, years uh, in the cave to figure this out. You know, you just do a few uh, cold you know, exposures. And then eventually you can, you can withstand, you, you find like, it's, this is something I can do. I can handle this. And there's benefits to it. It might be challenging at first. It always is mentally challenging at first, but once you break through that and you go through the process and you realize like, well, when, let's say when you're a minute deep or two minutes deep in an ice bath and you realize I got this, this is, I got this. And then your whole Everything just shifts with that mental understanding. I hear it physiologically when people do specific size where they'll, they'll do something like, uh, you know, they'll, they'll just make that noise. I immediately know they're adapted. They're in, they're fine. They, they've really got it, you know, and then, um, and then, you know, you have to get out at some point cause the cold will kill you. So you get out and, you know, and then, um, you know, you have this big shift from sympathetic to parasympathetic and it's something that you can witness. And that is profound because by actually seeing the shift occur, you realize like, Oh, I could probably do this in other aspects of my life. Like when stress comes up, I can probably make these shifts and it's called adaption. And that adaption will lead you into another aspect of your nervous system which will help you sustain yourself under the duress. So, you know, stress is quite often a perception oriented. Mm. You know what I mean? And when you can change that perception, albeit physically is the best way, because if you're no longer feeling the stress, then is it really stress anymore? You know what I mean? And um, I see this like with guys who train jujitsu, you know, you start in jujitsu and it's, it's terrible at first in the sense that, you know, um, especially if you don't have a lot of physical acumen, you know, you have somebody on top of you, they're trying to strangle you, <laughs> you know, and uh, they're essentially trying to take your breath away from you uh, or break your joints or something. And it's like, what am I doing with myself? Why am I here? And, uh, you know, you question everything. But if you hang in there for a month or two or three or six, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm starting to become the guy who does this to other people, you know, and you, you realize like, um, the perspective has shifted. Now, yes, you have some more physical skill, so that, that does shift the perspective, but the perspective of what you thought to where you are, when you look back on it, and this is in so many aspects of life, 
you go, man, wow, it really wasn't what I thought it was. And I overreacted. You know what I mean? And that overreaction is very similar to what I'm talking about physically where or, you know, in the, you know, the Wim Hof experiment, essentially inflammation, inflammation occurs in all kinds of stuff, right? So we, we say when somebody's angry, they're inflamed, you know, I mean, it's just this thing, or, you know, it's, it's just this thing where, um, you know, it's been linked, inflammation is linked to, to brain inflammation, I'm sorry, inflammation is linked to depression through brain inflammation. And, you know, there's just, uh, I, I think you can find it in, um, at, at kind of at the root of everything, uh, when we have issues and, and our perspectives are no different. That was, uh, that was a, that was a powerful statement. What it, the, the word that kept coming up for me, not to, uh, not to over, simplify anything was the fortitude piece i mean everything that you're saying lines up with our like one of our core values the name of the gym it's your ability to overcome adversity it's most of it most of the time my limited experience is it is more of the story that we create in our head about what the thing's going to be like than actually doing the thing the ice bath is a perfect example I've had people have conversations with me and come up to me or like, you know what? I'm down to do this workshop or I'd like to do this workshop, but do I have to do the ice bath part? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That is a piece of it, you know, uh, and the breath work and also the ice when doing it did, uh, did two things. The one thing it did primarily, both of these did the same thing rather. They have an excellent ability to bring you to the present moment. You know, there's the old saying that uh, that regret is caused from looking too far into the past and anxiety is caused from looking too far into the future. Peace is in the present. If we're looking to get present, alleviate psychological stress, or maybe we've got some shit, some stories, some baggage that we're holding on to, getting present provides clarity you want to get present immerse yourself up to here in ice and control your breathing so there's a beautiful the mindset piece right the mindset piece of the Wim Hof method and that's something that we're very focused on is helping people cultivate that mindset that opportunity is presented by doing both of these things absolutely the breathwork part, the other fun part about that is the, uh, the internal pharmacy, right? I call it, uh, what I tell people is it's like strapping yourself on a rocket ship to the moon. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's there, and there's a lot of reasons for that too. I mean, there's a lot of speculation. Um, and you're, you're hundred percent right. I mean, we are a walking chemical reaction. We are a walking pharmacy in that sense, because our experiences is, is, you know, linked. I mean, I think it's more than what we know, but what we know right now is that the chemical reaction creates, you know, um, our experience. Right. And, uh, you know, this can be really profound. I mean, where in certain things, you know, when like, um, you know, if you're starving, 
you know, the chemicals that take over where you're no longer considering anything else but food. I mean, these are profound, it's a profound chemical reaction. You know, if you're, if you're freezing in cold, there's going to be a profound reaction that occurs. And you're hundred percent right with what you're talking about in the present moment. The, you know, as far as Wim is concerned, and since I teach his method, I just reference him, you know, he, he spent years training in esoteric forms, the big one being yoga. So he is a, a very well-trained, um, very immersed yogi and has been since he was a young man and uh, amazing skill. But he said it wasn't until he got into the cold that he really found his way of truly connecting and meditating with nature where you can't run, you can't hide. You have to stay present. The more you drift off, the colder you're going to get. So you want to stay right in the center and then you can actually generate tremendous amounts of warmth. And that's what most people don't get. You know, you can tell them that and they'll, they'll, they won't really understand it, but it can happen for some people on the very first ice bath, the very first ice bath they take, They'll look at me and say, man, I'm warm. How is this happening? You know, um, it's not that doesn't happen with everybody. But within a few, it will happen. Within a few, you'll start to have this sense of, of um, you know, you're a, a containment of, of heat. I mean, this is what we are, you know, and that heat can actually really, that fire, let's say, can be stoked. And the the Wim Hof method was initially called inner fire. This is the practice that, that um, is, you know, this is how it was isolated. And the, the uh, it's based in this idea of uh, Tumo, which I, the Wim Hof method is not Tumo, but it, there's a lot of similarity to it. And the Tumo practice is an ancient practice, uh, yogic practice that, traces back to the Tibetan mountains and uh, or the, the Tibet, the Tibetan people in the uh, Himalayan mountains. And um, they were essentially displaying all kinds of ability to create tremendous amounts of heat in the body and um, and doing things that, you know, would be seemingly impossible, like wrapping themselves in wet sheets and then sitting outside in snow and drying those wet sheets, you know, and this is something you could you could watch on YouTube. I mean, there's there's documentaries about these monks that have been studied. Interesting, really fascinating stuff. And when is tapping into that same that same source. I mean, he demonstrated being able to consciously raise his uh, body heat while submerged in you know thirty two degree water, uh, freezing water. He was basically uh, able to, to demonstrate raising consciously raising his body heat. This is something that we we all have the ability to do. And thermogenesis is, in my opinion one of the last really great frontiers of understanding physiology. And uh, when you train it, you, again, will optimize your performances in so many ways. You know, a lot of people look at it as, oh, you do an ice bath to, to re release inflammation. 
it's so much more profound than that. There are so many more reasons to train in the ice than just with that. And the ice bath is not something you have to do every single day. It has really long lasting effects. So training in the ice can have effects for up to six days as far as inflammation is concerned in reduction. It also really gets a chronic pain, you know, not just acute pain, but chronic pain, long lasting pain. And, and it changes your perception. So when you feel better because you spent time in the present moment, which isn't guaranteed. I mean, like it's one of those things where it's very difficult to get into the present moment. But like you said, the breath work is a great way to do it. The cold is like it's super passive. It's passive, but it's super intense. So it's just this thing just there, cold water not threatening at all until you get in it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it becomes this, you know, your, your brain is going to say, maybe you, you're dying, you know, this and that, all this is occurring because your survival instincts are kicking on. But then you realize I can control that. I can, I can dictate that language. And, you know, and whether it be, and I believe it's a great tool to, to have, to isolate your language, train your language so it's there for you when you need it, but you can dictate and say to it in, in powerful words, no, you know, you're not going to, you're not running the show here. I'm running the show. And so all of these voices start to, you listen. And then, um, then they're quiet. And once they get quiet, then you are really, your eyes open. And, and you hear the external so much more. Your senses become really sharp. Everything sticks out to you, you know, and you're hearing your breathing. You're hearing your heartbeat. You're hearing all these things. And it's because the chatter is gone, you know. And so it's and that's just the beginning. I mean, that's really the beginning. Then it becomes like, well, what can I do here? What where you know and 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 that's a really uh, powerful uh, place to meditate. It's a really powerful place to um, let's say affirm different things and to to let yourself know that you're you know just on a base level that you're good. But then um, you can have some great conversations with yourself in those moments. Man. It is definitely a great place to be. It's, uh, you know, in our overstressed, not to get too far into the weeds on it, but in our overstressed societies and our, uh, our, well, our perceived overstressed, right? Societies, our perception of stress. Almost many people spend a lot of their time in that fight, flight, or freeze. They spend a lot of their time in that sympathetic nervous system where they think that they're going to die because of whatever stressful situation and, and all the the hormones that are being released within their body and to confront that and to stare it in the face and to be like, I'm going to be okay. Mm. I got this. I get through this. That, like you said, that there's no way negation acknowledge that that can't bleed into everything else. When yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it does. And that's the same thing. I mean, these things become your philosophies. Mm. You know, they become your, you know, it's, um, I mean, if you took, 
these practices away from me. I don't know if I would know how to think as well. So it, it, they become ways to learn how to navigate all aspects of your life, you know, and when you really commit to a deep practice that's going to have a physiological effect, it releases so many things. So maybe it was a situation that you currently walked into that was just stressful all the time, but because you're just implementing these practices, take away all the, 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 thought of having to convince yourself of anything you're just going to do these practices then you enter back into these stressful situations and you notice there's just no stress there anymore anyway it's not that you had to overthink it you don't have to consider it when you're in in there it's just your body doesn't feel what it used to feel and now it feels something different and that something different is a sense of empowerment and and a sense of strength and fortitude and resilience and and all the things that you know yeah absolutely we're orienting our workshop um you know and the idea is that at the core it's breathing because breathing is when you're at your most stressed going to become the thing that's your best tool and um you know in the moment there's nothing better a single breath can change so much so it's it's how how you breathe under stress and then we lay out some awesome ways to train in that and then try to give you the dialect or the dialogue, I'm sorry, um, to uh, to carry this with you, to keep reminding yourself. This is a huge part of the repetition. The repetition is to not just forget, oh, I had one great experience and, and now I'm, and now I'm uh, you know, uh, I'm immune to all things. I mean, that's not the case. Every time I do an ice bath, I have to, you know, kind of go through steps where I tell myself different things and utilize my breathing. And, you know, it's not as hard as it was before, but but it's still a process. And so you, you never lose that, um, you know, because you're going to change. Your bodies are going to change. You're going to get older. Things are going to happen. And the way to make it so that it's not in vain is to have momentum and to have, um, you know, this real true sense of internal self, you know, um, that you can carry with you. I mean, I, I don't think that that goes anywhere if you're training, if you're exercising it, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, um, it's, it's maybe the last thing to go, you know? Um, so I, I really think it's the most important. To, to get specific, to, to speak specifically, I'm interested in this workshop. It's all right, You're starting to pique my interest. What can I expect specifically from your sections? What will those look like? They're very basic in the sense that we're going to hit all the fundamentals. So you're going to get the fundamentals of, of the breathing work. We look at the Wim Hof method, but then I also, we add in other aspects of utilizing the breath in the moment. So the Wim Hof method is an isolated breath work training practice. What we're going to do within the workshop is really push it. So you're going to get a sense of, you're, you're really going to get a sense of the true depth of the, of the breathing practice so that you can carry that with you. So the breathing practice is hard to explain in just a, you know, a few sentences, because it hits you sideways. 
But when you when you're doing it, you'll know it's something and it is profound. So we have the breathwork practice and breathwork protocols that um, we utilize, um, you know, isolated practices and then in the moment practices. And then we'll have and, and of course, that's all accompanied by um, music. And so we we have uh, we, we try to make it entertain. We want people to really enjoy it. But then there's also the entrainment aspect of working with rhythm. Rhythm is really important in life and in momentum and in strategies. And, you know, you want to understand <laughs> and to be able to utilize your own internal rhythms. You know, this is why some days it's better to train hard than others, right? You have these rhythms that occur. And the more that you can actually be a part of that conversation and feel what they are, as let's say, as opposed to be dependent upon uh, tech or some kind of exogenous source of something to tell you what to do, where you just have a better sense of yourself, this occurs by these awarenesses that are developed in breath practices. And then we have the cold training. And the cold training is, it is what it is. You're getting in a cold bath and you're going to learn that you've got plenty of power and then you're going to sense it. And maybe it's a novel thing. You, you know, you, you do the cold and you, you get a sense of, um, well, this is, this is something and I'm never going to do this again, maybe, or you're like me and you become a lifer. You know what I mean? Where you realize like this has so much power and potential. It's made me feel so good that, how could I turn my back on it in that sense? You know what I mean? Especially when, if I was truly recommend, like the ice bath is tremendous, but the best is to go take a long walk in nature, find a water hole out, you know, that's out in, in nature and get it. And that can be really mentally challenging for some people. But when you break through and you have these experiences where, um, you know, you do something like that, it's hard to explain the profundity of it and the deep connection that you feel to everything. I mean, it is, it is really profound, you know, and so many cultures have known this throughout the years. So we, that's what I try to bring to the workshop is more the, you know, um, setting a, like you said, setting a, um, a, 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 a an overall tone for how we're going to be dealing with stress throughout the whole workshop. And then you're reminded constantly, if you're working with Mark, he's going to tell you to breathe. He's going to you know, show you where you should do it within the session, how to make it work um, when processing information. And then when you're with uh, Aaron under the stresses of, of training, either martial arts or firearms or something like that, you're learning how to, um, to deal with this kind of, deep survival stress in the moment and we're reminding you to breathe and and how to really engage your breathing in those moments so i think what i bring is you know like a foundation for the breathing um and then my beautiful side of the stress which is the cold you know that's that's my aspect of this workshop i like what i'm hearing so far I'm not really sure. I'm on the fence. You know, maybe this is for me. Maybe it's not. In your interpretation with your uh, – who would you like to see? Who would you say that this workshop is for? What's the – if I were to be showing up off of the street, how would I know that I want to be at this thing? Or it's a good idea or I'm ready, whatever, right? Well, first you have to – I mean, I, I like to shoot people straight. It's about intention. 
So you need to be intended on the fact that the benefits um, always outweigh the work, right? So in other words, um, I don't expect you to have a lot of faith, but what I expect you to have is an actual understanding. So there's plenty of, of things to back up what we say. There's plenty. There's science out there. There's people who have gone through these training sessions that can give you all kinds of anecdotes. There, you know, I've worked with thousands of people in relation to the work that I'm doing. So there are so many people that have done this and would tell you. I mean, you could read all the reviews that you that I've got about myself, and you know, you could you could see that yes, there's something to this. Okay, but for me, I am the type of person that. I want to dig in and feel it. And what we can offer you is something that without a doubt, you're going to feel, you're going to know, and you're going to know you went through something. Retreats can often be a, a little bit of a stress themselves. You know what I mean? So just the idea of, okay, I'm going to commit, I'm going to go and be with a group of people. And um, maybe I know some, maybe I don't, maybe, you know, um, you know, this is a brand new thing for me. I've never done anything like this before in my life. Um, you know, well, here's the challenge. The challenge is to step up and to say that, okay, um, I believe Kobe. I believe Cody. Cody is my coach, you know, um, uh, or maybe you believe me because you work with me or maybe it's Aaron um, or maybe it's Mark or somebody. But, you know, the point is, is that you have some faith in what we're saying. And that is the beginning. You have to kind of trust that, you know, well, actually, let me let me back up. You have to trust that what we're doing is for your benefit. I mean, my goal is 100% to get people results. So this is, if you're going to have faith in me, you, you got to believe that my I'm oriented towards getting people results, long-lasting results, results that that are you know skill-based that you can carry with you. And that's one thing that you're going to gain from this, is multiple skill sets skill sets that you can actually tangibly carry away and continue to practice. And you'll learn it all within a very short amount of time. And that's what's so amazing about this type of training is that it's going to come fast. It's going to come hard, but you're going to, you know, really have something that you can walk away with. Not to mention, you're going to have a connection to a community of people that are engaged in this as well. And people who are looking for the same things that you're looking for. So I believe that within anything, you just have to take the step forward. If you're in the freeze place, remember this. Freeze is not the back end. It's not fight, flight, and freeze. It's fight and flight and freeze in the middle. Freeze is where we have to make our choice. Freeze is where, um, like you said, you have anxiety for the future or maybe even depression for the past. And what's so important is that you, you realize that it's always in the present, you know, that you're moving forward, but you're trying to maintain this perspective. And the forward movement 
is going to have a great reward system on the other side. So if you go forward, especially with the intention that I'm talking about, and when I say set the intention, what I mean is you've got to make the decision. I'm going to do this and I'm going to love it. You know, and even if it's something you think you're not going to love, real discipline comes from doing the things that you don't like, like you love them, right? So, you know, we we enter into it because, look, there are so many people that talk about the benefits of all of this stuff. So we take that risk. I mean, if somebody told you, well, if I go and train with Cody, if you go and train with Cody, you're going to get strong. Um you know, you have to just take that step and say, okay, well, I'm going to do the work and now I'm going to train with Cody and I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to get strong. And, you know, this is the same thing we can offer. Um, it's just going to come at you at a very fast pace. So you have to be willing to, you know, step in and take on the challenges. I mean, we're offering challenges that I believe are can be accomplished by anybody. You know, if you, any, this, this workshop is for anybody in essence, you don't have to be a skilled martial artist. You don't have to be skilled with breathing techniques. You don't have to be skilled with anything. We're going to give you the foundation of all of these things and, um, and, and give you a language orientation to where you can revisit all these things because you know what to say to yourself. You know how to, to, basically reinvigorate this over and over and over again. And that's really what's important. I mean, life is simple in that way. Repetition is important. So going through the reps makes you strong, makes you resilient, gives you fortitude. And what we're offering is a, a way to step into that. We're offering you a way to really get a sense of what that means. And look, you could do it in four hours or you could do it in multi-sessions multi-sessions is always going to be better. You know, I, I offer a lot of retreats and, and I also offer four-hour workshops. In my four-hour workshops, I can see amazing things happen, transformations and all this. But if you spend a couple of days with people, really learning, studying different things, being immersive, the, the transformation is tremendous. And it's something that you'll carry with you forever, which is why I know Cody is wanting to, to continue this on because he had a direct experience and it, it touched him. And so now, you know, here we are. It, uh, <clears throat> one of the questions that I've had from a couple of people is, all right, why should I do it? And, you know, it's 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 difficult to be one of those things that you put your thumb right on and you be like, you know what, you should do it for X, Y, Z. So what I've really been telling people is here's what we're going to get. You know, you're going to get some breath work, language work. We're going to get some there's going to be a fitness component. You'll be challenged. You'll get an opportunity to overcome adversity. And I can guarantee that you leave the weekend a different person than who came in uh saturday morning and i i truly believe that you will leave better right as a better human being you have more capacity you have more knowledge aaron says that you're going to leave impacted um you're going to get that and you're going to get the connection the connection to you the connection to aaron the connection to mark in a, in a pretty intimate setting you know there's probably going to be 20 people so you're going to get opportunity to learn from some of the best um, in the game at breath work, personal defense, story work. And very selfishly, 
there has never been, and I don't believe there will ever be, something like this workshop in small town Michigan, Southwest Michigan. Where my thing I mean, is, yeah, absolutely. My thing by go, well, you know, it's always whenever I want to go to a workshop or a certification or something, it's hours of travel. Columbus is only three hours away, but there I ask myself, would it be possible? Could I bring something this awesome to a place like Coldwater? And the answer, thankfully, is yes. And we're rocking with it on August 7th and 8th. Amazing. Brandon, is there, uh, is there anything that you would like to leave the people listening with? Well, I mean, I appreciate you having me on your podcast, man. It was uh, great to talk to you and reconnect. And, you know, my, my thing is, is very simple, is that I believe the answers are simple quite often. And that it's the complexity of our way of thinking that makes them, you know, bigger than they need to be. Our problems are bigger than they need to be, you know. And so what we're trying to offer are simple, straightforward, very effective tools that help you not overcomplicate things, teach you that, you know, um, that your solutions can be much more simple as long as you're engaged. It's quite often the, like you said, things not lining up, being too far back, too far forward without really being tethered to the present. So what we're trying to do is help people really get in their bodies and minds and get a sense of what it is to take on stress and have tools that work in the moment and are very very simple and effective. And so this is, for me, this is, I, I believe healing and growth and these things are simple, but I mean, we can complicate them, you know what I mean? Like, and, uh, you know, for instance, maybe healing is simple, but medicine is complex, right? So um, we, the, I believe that the answers quite often can be found inside. I don't believe that all the answers can be, but I do believe that a lot of them can be. And, you know, what, if anything that we're trying to do is help create more of an internal sense of trust. And that, that I think is tremendous. Like when you're really, when you really need it. So that would be what I'm, what I want to leave people with is, you know, that that's where my training comes down to is learning how to trust yourself more, learning how to, to engage, be in the moment and ultimately overcome things that you thought previously weren't, you weren't able to do. Sounds like a, as great a place to end as any. Brandon, I fully appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you for uh, thank you for hopping on the podcast. Also, you know, thank you for coming in a couple weeks. Yeah, man, looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you have any questions, feel free to drop us a message. Um, check out this podcast. We'll link some information about Brandon in it. And uh, have a beautiful day. We will see you guys at the gyms.